welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are breaking down the NFL Week 9 with a preview that we call Buy or Sell. Basically, this is an all-encompassing preview for you if you are playing season-long fantasy, if you are playing DFS, or if you are betting the prop market on overs and unders. This is going to help you identify the right plays. All the guys that I am buying are the guys that I think are going to outperform their expectations this week, meaning uh, I would put them in my starting lineups in season-long, I would roll them out in my lineups in DFS, and I'm hitting the overs in the prop market. And then there's the opposite. The guys that I'm selling, I believe are going to underperform their expectations. So send them to the bench in season long. Don't play them in DFS and hit the unders in the prop market. So we're looking to get you guys out a whole lot of information here in a short amount of time that's going to help you guys find winners in whatever format of fantasy that you are playing for the NFL. Now, if you are new to the channel, new to the audio feed, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It really helps me out a lot. Plus, you'll be notified for all new episodes when they drop, so you get all of our weekly golf, college football, and NFL content. You'll get notifications for those, and our college basketball content is coming up. We're going to be talking college basketball DFS on here almost on a daily basis, and I do believe that we do a really good job of it, so if you hit subscribe, you'll be notified when those drop, and you'll be able to give those a listen or a watch. Uh, when you can. All right, so enough with the introduction. Let's go ahead and dive into week nine by talking about the quarterback position. All right, so the first quarterback on the buy list for week nine is going to be Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. Look, admittedly, quarterback is the position that I've been like really the most hit or miss on here on this podcast. I've been wrong quite a few times. But I've also been right uh, a few times as well. Well, last week, Lamar was a guy that I was wrong on. I had him on the buy list going up against the Cardinals, and he was a little bit of a disappointment with only scoring 12 fantasy points. But I'm going to chalk that one up to a game environment that just did not suit a quarterback scoring a lot of fantasy points. The Ravens went up early. And so they were kind of a little bit run heavy after that. And Gus Edwards vultured three touchdowns. There were a few um, situations where if the Raiders just punched the ball in through the air, then you know, they're, you're looking at a passing touchdown for Lamar, and that's instantly four more fantasy points. So I'm going to chalk that one up to bad luck, and I'm going to come back to him again here this week in week nine. So last week, I was right about Dak Prescott. And you may remember the stat that I quoted about Dak Prescott of how he performs as a home favorite. Well, Lamar Jackson is in a similar boat this week. In the last five seasons, Lamar Jackson averages 26 fantasy points per game as a home favorite. That's quite a lot. He had this same scenario as a home favorite earlier in the season against Detroit and Indianapolis. And he had over 32 DraftKings points in each of those games. So we're looking at just a situation where historically Lamar has absolutely killed the matchup against Seattle is not pristine. Seattle has been pretty good defending the pass since they've gotten their secondary back healthy. But fortunately for us, Lamar doesn't just need to throw to achieve fancy points. He can get his fancy points on the ground as well. And I think whether it be through his arm or through his legs, I think Lamar's going to be in for a good week. And I'm putting him back on the buy list. I think he's a really good play in DFS because I think a lot of people are going to see the matchup against Seattle and stay away, which means ownership is going to be down, which is what we like. If you are playing him in DFS, he has two obvious stacking partners in Mark Andrews, number one, and then Zay Flowers, number two. And I probably wouldn't go outside of those two to stack him up with. Second quarterback on the buy list is going to be Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, you were listening to the Week 9 episode. This is not a repeat of the Week 8 episode, even though it is starting with the same two quarterbacks. Look, Dak came through for us last week. He had 32 fantasy points and was ranked as the number one quarterback overall in Week 8, this coming after being the quarterback three overall in Week 7. So in the last two weeks, he hasn't finished outside the top three quarterbacks, and it stems from Dallas's change in play calling. Dallas last season, and why I was kind of concerned 
concerned about Dak coming into this season, did not feature a positive pass rate over expectation very often. In fact, they only had a positive pass rate over expectation five times all of last season, meaning if you look at what teams should do in terms of runner pass based on the game script, based on the down and distance, based on what they historically do, Dallas only passed the ball more than they should have five times all of last season. Well, guess what? They've done it in back-to-back weeks, including a plus 14% pass rate over expectation in week eight. This Dallas offense is operating back through the air, which is great for Prescott. And we've seen this Eagles defense get carved up. This Eagles defense is not one that you can run on. You can exploit them a little bit through the air. We've seen Kirk Cousins and Sam Howell have 30-plus fantasy point games against Philadelphia. So I think Dak Prescott is going to be next in line. He is on my buy list for week nine. The last quarterback on my buy list is going to be C.J. Stroud, who was an absolute flop last week against Carolina. Very proud of my Carolina Panthers for getting that one done. Like, If you're the Panthers, this is the worst season in the world to be bad because you don't even own your first-round pick. So very happy to see the Panthers show a little grit, show a little toughness, get a win at home in a matchup between two top quarterbacks. But anyway, C.J. Stroud was not good in that game. However, this game should be the absolute contrast in what we saw last week against the Panthers. The Panthers played a very slow tempo. They don't get off a whole lot of plays, whereas the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do play very fast and do get off a lot of plays. Last week, we saw a matchup between two teams that play at very fast tempos between the Saints and the Colts that ended up being the surprise shootout game of the slate and fantasy points in bunches to go around for everybody who played in that game. Well, I think that this Buccaneers versus Texans matchup might just be that sneaky shootout game this week. Both teams ranked top 12 in tempo and in pass rate. So you're going to see a lot of total plays and you're going to see a lot of pass plays between the Bucks and the Texans. CJ Stroud is a guy who so far in his young career plays significantly better when he is not pressured. And the good news for him is he's starting to get his starting offensive line back healthy and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not a good pass rushing team. They have one of the bottom 10 pressure rates in the NFL. And to top all of it off, Tampa is already bottom 10 against quarterbacks overall and schedule adjusted against quarterbacks. Meaning when you compare how quarterbacks perform based off of their average and, and you know make that subtraction that is schedule adjusted fantasy points for a defense and Tampa ranks bottom 10 in that category. So you're looking at a solid matchup that should feature a lot of plays in an obvious bounce back situation where CJ Stroud he is on my buy list this week. If you're playing him in DFS he has some very obvious stacking partners. Nico Collins, Tank Dell, um, Dalton Schultz at tight end. But don't forget about Noah Brown. He's a very cheap play in DFS that I do think is a solid option as well. Operated as a full-time player with Robert Woods being out in week eight. Now, if you're desperate, if you need a guy off the waiver wire in your season-long league, or if you need to find somebody really cheap in DFS to go to, there are a few guys I think you can turn to. Don't look now, but Derek Carr has three straight games over 20 fantasy points. That's not something he does very often. In that stretch, he's second in passing yards per game. He's been pretty darn solid the last three weeks. Now, Derek Carr does it in a way that's different from most quarterbacks. His throws are very stratified. He is either chucking it deep or... checking it down to his running back, Alvin Kamara, and letting Kamara get yards after the catch. And I think both of those are going to work against the Chicago Bears. The Bears have given up some bombs. They also give up a lot of receiving yards to running backs. More on that a little bit later. Also, if you're desperate, Taylor Heineke, I think, is a guy you can go to. 
Look, I don't see a scenario where Taylor Heineke is a worse play in fantasy than Desmond Ritter. And in DFS formats, he's priced way cheaper than Desmond Ritter was last week. Heineke has a little bit of mobility. He can get stuff done with his legs. He has solid playmakers around him in Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London. And it's a solid matchup against the Minnesota secondary that's not great at defending the pass. So Taylor Heineke would be a guy I do think you could turn to if you need a fill-in for injury or need a fill-in for a bye week. He's probably a really solid guy that you can turn to and is probably a available on waivers. All right, now let's go ahead and hit the inverse, the sell list at the quarterback position. We're going to kick it off with Matthew Stafford, who is top 19 fantasy points once all season. Green Bay is a top 10 defense against quarterbacks. This game is at Green Bay, so it's outdoors. Probably not going to be great weather out there in Green Bay. And he's banged up with an injury on his throwing hand. Yeah, Matthew Stafford just checks all the boxes for a guy that I do not want to play this week. If you're asking to rely on him in season-long fantasy, I do think there's a lot of other guys you could pick up on the waiver wire that would probably give you a little better prospects than Stafford would for this game against the Packers. Daniel Jones is another one that I'm selling. He's returning from an injury and naturally a lot of quarterbacks when they return from injury, they don't run as much just because, you know, their body's banged up. They don't want to take extra hits and, you know, maybe they don't have the same burst that they used to. Well, Daniel Jones scores a lot of fancy points with his legs and Las Vegas also does not give up a whole lot of deep passes and Darren Waller is out this game. And in t- just on paper, Las Vegas is seventh overall against quarterbacks in terms of you know defense. So not a good matchup. Best playmaker out. Coming back from injury, just selling Daniel Jones all day this week. All right, that does it for the quarterback position. Let's go ahead and take a quick breather, and then let's talk about the running backs. All right, so the first running back on the buy list is a guy that I've alluded to a little bit already. It's going to be Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints. And look, Kamara to me is a top five running back through the rest of the season. I would be hard-pressed to find four or five running backs that I would rather have on my roster than Alvin Kamara right now. He has been just absolute lights out since his return from suspension. Since his return, he is averaging 22.7 PPR points per game and a staggering 23% target share. He leads all running backs in targets through week eight, and he missed three games. That's how much he's being used in the passing game. And the matchup against Chicago is pretty good. Chicago is not a terrible run defense, but they have given up the most receiving yards to running backs on the season. And that just really lines up with what Kamara does well. He's seeing a lot of work and he's got a defense where a lot of work can turn into a lot of fantasy points. Alma Kamara is on the buy list for this week. Rashad White is second up on the buy list. It might be a little bit of a surprise to hear me say Rashad White because he hasn't been super effective so far this season. However, he is the absolute king of volume right now. He's playing pretty much uncontested in this Buccaneers backfield. He's played over a 70% snap share in every game and is averaging over 17 touches per game. And this is the type of game where I think that those numbers are going to be inflated just a little bit because we've already mentioned about the tempo that these two teams play at. And so if he ends up getting 20 touches, it's pretty good. White's averaging 16.9 fantasy points in his last two games, and he's averaging 6.5 catches in those last two games. So if Rashad White gets you another seven catches, gets you 20 total touches, gets you 18 fantasy points, you're going to be pretty happy at the end of the day. And I think that's probably what he is lined up to give you here in this matchup against the Texans. Chuba Hubbard is the last guy on the buy list for this week. Now, on the surface, He only had 7.4 fantasy points against the Texans. However, when you dig a little bit deeper into the numbers, you'll see that everything is trending upward for Chuba Hubbard and trending straight down for Miles Sanders. 
In that game against the Texans, Chuba Hubbard had a 66% snap share. He played all of the go-on snaps, and he played on all of the game-winning drive, a.k.a. the two-minute drill snaps that the Carolina Panthers had as they went down to kick the game-winning field goal. So when you chalk all that up, in terms of the opportunities that he was afforded and just kind of the unluckiness that he had in the red zone and in the end zone, Chuba Hubbard actually had 17.4 expected fantasy points. Now, I know expected fantasy points only exist as a concept, and we really care about the real fantasy points, but hey, that means he's due for some positive regression, right? So if he was expected 17.4 fantasy points last week, maybe he gets closer to that expected number this week, because Alvin Kamara just had 27 fantasy points against this same Indianapolis defense, and while Chuba Hubbard is not Alvin Kamara, if he gets as many opportunities as Alvin Kamara had last week, I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to get you closer to that 17 fantasy points that he should have had last week. Also, on the opposite side of this game. You got Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. They are splitting carries, but the Carolina Panthers are still one of the biggest run funnels, one of the worst run defenses in the league. So I definitely think that they are worth targeting in all formats as well. Just understand that they're going to be splitting carries and you're going to be at the mercy of, you know, whichever guy ends up scoring the touchdown is going to be the guy that ends up scoring the most fantasy points. Now, if you're desperate, if you need a bi-week fill-in, you need you know a fill-in for injury in season-long leagues, you need somebody cheap in DFS, Daryl Henderson is the guy that I would turn to. He's seen at least 15 touches in both games that he's played, and he even had a touchdown vultured last week from Royce Freeman. If he had those additional 6.1 fancy points, we'd be feeling really good about where Daryl Henderson was sitting, but I still feel pretty good about him anyways, and I doubt the Rams go less with the rush volume this week. It's going to be a not-great weather game outdoors at Green Bay with a banged-up Matthew Stafford, so there Daryl Henderson could see north of 20 touches in this game, and if he gets there, I'm pretty certain he's going to get you that 15 fancy point mark again. Now, the first running back on the sell list is going to be Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys. Look, he's a guy that I was all over in the preseason because I was preaching volume, volume, volume for Pollard because Zeke Elliott was going to be gone, and if Pollard maintained all his same efficiency, then he was going to be an absolute smash in fantasy this season. Well, it turns out I was right, but I was also wrong. The volume has been there this year. He's been an undoubted workhorse. He's seen a lot of touches and a lot of carries, but the efficiency has not. He does not look like the same Tony Pollard. In fact, he looks like 2022 Ezekiel Elliott. He looks washed. This season, Tony Pollard ranks 33rd in explosive run rate and 47th in yards after contact per attempt. Last time I checked, there's 32 teams in the league, so that's not even good enough to be a starting running back if you go by that number. And also, add that to the fact that the Eagles are the overall toughest defense against running backs. They've got an elite front seven. I, I would not want to play running back against them if I had the choice to. If you're playing season-long fantasy, you probably don't have a better option. You're probably rolling with Pollard, but just temper expectations in this crappy matchup for a guy who has not looked as efficient as he should all season long. Now, I really do still have faith in Pollard long-term because I think the volume is going to continue to be there, but I definitely want to see some signs that he can be the last year's explosive, dynamic Tony Pollard that he was in this offense, as opposed to just three yards in a cloud of dust like the washed running back that he looks like. Brian Robinson Jr. is another guy that's going to be on the sell list. So this is a wild stat for you. Brian Robinson Jr. averages almost 13 fantasy points per game so far this season. But he's only scored more than 14 fantasy points in one game. 
his average number is due in large part to the massive week that he had in week two, and he hasn't come close to that since. And really, when you look at what the commanders are doing offensively, they are throwing, throwing, throwing pretty much every down. Sam Howell had north of 50 passing attempts last week, and it wasn't the first time that he's done that this season. And so if the commanders get down, they pretty much just abandon the run. In his career, even though I know it's a small sample size, Brian Robinson has been much better in wins than losses. And this is a game at New England where the commanders are three-point dogs. I would not want to be relying on Brian Robinson Jr. in this situation with this game script. All right, that does it for the running back position. So let's go ahead and switch gears in one second. Let's talk about the wide receivers. Before we get started talking about wide receivers, I do want to point out there are ways you can get more information from me if you so choose to. If you want to know who I'm playing in DFS, I write a full article detailing my core and my lineup strategy for every college football, NFL, and soon-to-come college basketball slate. And you can get that on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. You'll get to read those full articles where I outline my core and my full strategy, and hopefully it'll help make you a little bit better DFS player as well. Also, you can follow me on X at Mike's Money Picks. If there's any injury news or anything like that that changed my opinions on these players after I record, I usually tweet out about it. Um, and then also I tweet out the rundown for every college football and golf DFS slate and soon to come college basketball. And also you can get in the Fantasy Corner Discord. We've got a lot of people in there that talk DFS for a lot of sports. NBA is one that we have a lot of guys who are really sharp in. They've helped me become a better NBA DFS player. Uh, and so we generally talk about college football, NFL, NBA, golf, and more uh, college basketball soon to come in there as well. So link is in the description if you want to join in on the Fantasy Corner Discord and get some discussion going to help your DFS plays. All right, now let's go ahead and talk about the wide receiver position. So the first guy on the buy list at the wide receiver position is A.J. Brown of the Philadelphia Eagles. Look, this might sound a little obvious, but I just want to drum home just how good A.J. Brown has been. He's had 21 or more fantasy points in six straight games, and he's had eight targets or more in those six straight games. And he's in a situation where what he does well aligns with what Dallas runs defensively. A.J. Brown ranks third in yards per route run against man coverage and third in yards per route run against single high safety coverage. And what do you know? Dallas runs both at a top five rate. They run a lot of man. They run a lot of single high safeties. And they don't have Trayvon Diggs to shadow A.J. Brown this time. So I think this is going to be an absolute smash A.J. Brown game. Um, and I'm much more inclined to play A.J. Brown than anybody else on this Philly offense if I'm being honest. Now, if you were playing DFS, I think A.J. Brown is going to come in pretty highly owned. I think if you were playing a Dak Prescott lineup, you can go Dak at quarterback, you know, pair him up with C.J. Lamb, and then, or I'm sorry, C.D. Lamb, I called him C.J. <laughs> you can go Dak Prescott, pair him up with C.D. Lamb, and then have A.J. Brown on the other side, and then if this game turns into a shootout, you're going to get fantasy points galore from those three guys. Now, with A.J. Brown being likely highly owned, it does make Devontae Smith a really solid pivot if Dallas really does decide to try to shut A.J. Brown down. It should lead to a big Devontae Smith game, and I do believe that the big big Devontae Smith game is going to come at some point. Now, second on the buy list, look, I got a few quick hitters. I think it's time for the Raiders to feed Devontae Adams. Pretty much everything the Raiders did this week makes no sense. And so if you're looking, you know, on a short week with a new head coach, new GM to, you know, try to win a football game on Sunday, you're going to do it getting the ball in the hands of your best player. So I think they might just go out and absolutely try to feed Devontae. In Aiden O'Connell's first start at quarterback, Devontae Adams did have 13 targets. So if he repeats that number again, I think he could be in line for a big week. 
Garrett Wilson has been deceptively good since week one, and I think the numbers are going to start trending in the right direction for him. He's averaging double-digit targets since week one, and he draws a bottom three defense against wide receivers in in the the Los Angeles Chargers. So I do think this could be a really good week for Garrett Wilson. And then lastly, another quick hitter. I think this is a prime situation for a Christian Watson breakout. Christian Watson excels at deep passes. It's what he did last year when he had all the success with Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. He has not had that success with Jordan Love at quarterback. And it's really been because the Packers have been pressured a lot. The offensive line has not looked great. And this is a week where I think their pass blocking will be able to hold, give Jordan Love a little more time to throw, allow him to complete some throws more deep down the field. So this could be the Christian Watson breakout game. Now, my value play and my if you're desperate play, if you need a guy on the waivers in season long or if you need some salary savings in DFS, turn to Demario Douglas this week. The Patriots are going to be without Kendrick Bourne, who is averaging seven targets per game in the last three weeks. That opens up a lot of targets for other guys. And Demario Douglas already had seven targets last week, but I really like the matchup against Washington. Wide receiver ones have eaten against Washington all season long. A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, Drake London, and Stephon Diggs all have 20-plus fantasy point performances against them. In fact, D.J. Brown or D.J. Moore and A.J. Brown. Holy crap, that was a mouthful. D.J. Moore and A.J. Brown both have scored 40-plus fantasy points against this Washington secondary. So uh, if there's any pass receiver who's going to do it this week, my money would be on Demario Douglas. Devontae Parker also intrigues me a little bit if he is going to be able to play. Now, I did mention Noah Brown already when I talked about C.J. Stroud, but Khalil Shakir and Jonathan Mingo would also be two dart throws I would be willing to make in DFS or guys that I'd be willing to plug and play in season long. They're guys whose just usage is trending in the right direction. They're seeing more and more targets each week, um, and eventually they're going to have that big-time breakout game. Now, on the sell list, I got to mention, some of these receivers are going to be directly tied to their quarterback situation. Like, it's really hard to get excited about any Minnesota or Chicago wide receivers this week. And even Arizona's a bit of a wild card. We don't really know what to expect out of Clayton Toon and whether that's going to be an upgrade or a downgrade from Josh Dobbs. But in terms of guys that are usually set them in your lineup and forget it type of players, I'm selling Keenan Allen this week. In season long, you probably don't have a better option, but in DFS, I would be avoiding him. Keenan Allen has been less than fans, has scored less than 15 fantasy points in two straight games. And the Jets are a very tough matchup for wide receivers. Specifically, they're a very tough matchup for slot wide receivers. The Jets give up the least PPR points to the slot so far this season and have only given up one touchdown reception to the slot so far this season. And Keenan Allen is a guy who plays almost exclusively out of that slot position. So I don't think this is a great matchup for him. And I definitely think this is a week where you're going to see the other Chargers like Austin Eckler and like Josh Palmer have bigger weeks instead of Keenan Allen. All right, now we can really quickly do the tight end position because I'll continue my weekly diatribe about the tight ends that look, tight end is just not a very good or very deep position in fantasy football right now. The offerings are very thin and all it takes is just, you know, a guy who falls into the end zone. He's probably going to be a top 10 tight end on the week. So for my buy list, I'm going to start off with Kyle Pitts. Actually, no, I'm not. Kyle Pitts has been on the buy list pretty much every week, and I continue to say that he is due for some regression in terms of his expected fantasy points versus his actual fantasy points. And look, I'm just tired of trying it. I'm just going to tell you, eventually Kyle Pitts is due for a big game, and he's probably going to have it when I'm not ready for him to have it. But he's a guy that eventually is going to get there. I just don't know if it's going to be this week. Logan Thomas is a legitimate one, though. Logan Thomas has had six targets or more in three of his last four games, and that's 
pretty solid. Like I'm willing to take that out of a tight end. And he's a guy that is definitely a, a kind of a borderline starter in season long leagues. I think he is a guy that you can put into your lineups and have him as that starter this week. Now, Dalton Kincaid is the last one. Dalton Kincaid has been really solid in the last two weeks, and it's come pretty much at the time where Dawson Knox has missed time. In these last two games, Dalton Kincaid has combined for 15 targets. He's had at least 65 yards in both games and at least 15 PPR points in both games. Roll Dalton Kincaid out with confidence. He's an easy, easy starter this week in fantasy. All right, that does it for the wide receivers and the tight ends, and that does it for our week nine buy or sell preview. Hopefully we gave you guys all the information that you need to make the right choices in season-long DFS and player props this week. Hopefully we outlined some plays that are going to help you either win your league or win some money here in week nine. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll be notified when all of our new golf, college football, NFL, and college basketball now content drops. And it really also shows me some support. We're closing in on 200 subscribers on the YouTube channel. So if you could go do that, I would really appreciate it. It really helps me out a lot. Now, if you've been listening this far, hopefully you guys like what you heard. And hopefully you're going to be able to pick some winners this week. Best of luck to everybody this week. I will see you guys again next week. Thank you for listening. And I will see you next time.